Oh, baby, we are live. The Dynasty Roundtable's back. The band's back. Finally, finally, Matt Babich is back with me. It feels like it's been forever. And um, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. There, it's it's hard to believe that it's been a month off of the Dynasty Roundtable podcast, but it's so so good to be back. And you know, you know, getting the band back together, we had to bring back. Tyler football, PPR Tyler, Tyler Canabley, a man with many names, a man with many takes. And we're going to hear a lot of them tonight. We're going to talk about some dynasty stock reports for rookies and sophomores to the most, you know, periods in a player's life cycle where their value fluctuates the most, their rookie and sophomore season. So it's very important to get ahead of some of these rookie and sophomore value swings. And we're also going to talk about you know, whether you're tanking, whether you're going all in, we're going to talk about how you decide which way you go there in the middle of the season. If you're in the middle of the pack and we're going to talk about trade strategy on getting some 2024, maybe even some 2025 picks. Uh, I believe Tyler football actually has an entire monologue for us about the 2024 class. So I'm very excited for that. You should be too. It's the dynasty Roundtable live. That's a transition. That's a transition. Nailed it. That's a mm-hmm. it up for Seth B. Walls right there. I said the line and he hit the transition button. I mean, that is seamless work. It, it took a year. Yeah. Finally gotten this thing down. It's like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They don't even need plays. He just goes out and finds the open spot in the zone and Mahomes hits him. That's how it goes around here. Damn right. And we are going to lob it up tonight to Tyler Football, Tyler Canabley. He's been killing it on the Player Profiler airwaves and on the YouTube channel. He's been giving you takes every week, multiple times a week. He's hosting Monday Night Tailgate. Tyler Football, how you doing? I'm fantastic. I appreciate uh, the notorious JR. I appreciate that. Really appreciate the kind words. But uh, I've been good uh, grinding this uh, these TikToks, you know, grinding the TikToks, grinding the articles, Monday Night Tailgate. Uh, we had a, we ran into a bit of a snag uh, last week. I was five, what was it? I was five, two and one on picks I'd given out on the show. We went one, one and three on Monday. Uh, I bet over Quentin Johnson receiving yards of thirty and a half. And he oh. had a catch. Um, the only pick we hit was a Micah Parsons over half a sack, which he got like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So I mean that was great, but it was it was a it was a rough it was a rough. Uh, a rough go of it last week, but at Iron Sharp is Iron. We'll be back back next week. We'll go four now. So I can't believe that the channel just didn't combust when you pick Quentin Johnston to go oh, over I, his receiving yard total. I mean, that's uh, you gotta you gotta know that that's not allowed around here, Tyler. Okay, I, mean, I know, on, I man. know. I, I mentioned it on the live stream. I said Podfather would probably kill me if he saw this pick. He probably <laughs> I fire me, take away my my six figure salary. But uh, yeah. he, I just I I figured they were coming off the buy. They want to get this guy involved. He's their first round freaking draft pick. Let's get him. And it's not like I was asking for a breakout game. I was. Can we get thirty yards? That's they, 30 man, yards it was completely it. reasonable. It's completely yeah. reasonable. Like I get, I get the logic. Yeah, I I'm totally not understand the table for Quinn Johnson. Yeah. like thirty yards, and he almost had it, but freaking uh, Herbert got hit in the pocket. Probably would have had like fifty yards on a play, but that's not a lot. Of, a lot of uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda's in the the pick them streets. So I'm just ready to get, uh, hop into some dynasty streets. Cause it's not a, uh, not that I haven't really been in these streets as of late. So I'm ready to fire off some takes. 
Well, we are going to give you a lot of opportunities to do that. And so we'll, we'll just let you kick off the show. So right at the top of the show sheet, you know, there's six weeks in, there's a good chance your team's three and three or two and three or four and three, and you're sitting in the middle of the pack. And that's a weird situation to be as a dynasty manager, because like NFL teams, you want to be on one side or the other. You want to be winning or you want to be terrible. So if you're sitting in a situation where maybe you were prepared to be on one side of the spectrum and now you're sitting in the middle of the pack, Tyler Football, how do we decide which way we go between blow it up and rebuild and push the chips in and go all in? And and how do we go about making those those moves in Dynasty? It's actually funny you mention it because right now I have a team. The team is four and two in it's a dynasty league, four and two. We are uh, have the fourth least points scored, but we are four and two. So like the team's not great, but we're on like fourth in the standing. So I actually just made a trade, I think no less than 15 minutes ago, where I traded that like my best win now player, I think is is like like Jameer Gibbs or something like that. Or I think I have Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is my was my best win now player left on my team. I just traded away Terry McLaurin, just traded away Jacoby Myers, and I traded away Khalil Herbert as well. Just trade just trade the mid away. That's what I like to do. Cause right now I'm looking at my squad is I don't got like I don't have any anyone that moves the needle. So like I'm sitting and I'm like, even if I like I can't win now because I don't have any like elite assets. And it's really gonna be hard to lose because I have a whole bunch of dudes who are gonna get like just like 10, 10 points a game. So I need I traded the mid away. I got rid of Myers, I got rid of uh Terry McLaurin. And just get like and Kyle Herbert, like those guys are the definition of mid. So I traded all of them away. I got a, a a first and a second, uh, and I think something else in that trade. So got rid of all of them. Got some assets back to help me win. Now hopefully I start losing because I don't know. I, like I, I'm starting Jackson Smith and Jig, but I'm still winning games. So I don't know what's going. on. Well, I I need some of that luck. Uh, like I'm, I'm in I'm like I did a I did an audit last night of all my teams, which I do probably you know, about third of the way through the season leading up to the trade deadline. And like, it's always a mixed bag. I'm always like, Oh, like parts of me are pleasantly surprised. And then other part, like another section of it is, Oh my gosh, what's going on here. And so I'm in Cody Carpentier's league. I am and six. I've scored the fifth most points in the league. Like I'm not, I'm not asking for, you know, six and oh here. Right. Three and three, four and two, maybe even two and four in the hunt. And when you list off like some players on this team, you know, it's Matthew Stafford. I mean, quarterback's probably the the least the talented position. I've got Stafford, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, but I got James Cook, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, TJ Hawkinson, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup. Like, how's this team? Oh, and- I did- it's like it's it's uh, it's the one thing like it's almost an impossibility. I know there's been some injuries, but it's just one of those things. It's fantasy football, man. So I'm sitting here at 0 and six, going, think I can make a run? I mean, it just it totally depends on your your team, right? Like it totally depends on your situation. And uh, so, you, I like my advice would be to number one, I think you got to audit your teams and go through them very carefully to see what players you have. Cause you know, like I think that's a perfect example that you brought up Tyler, a four and two team might not be a contender. You might want to hold, you know, when in doubt kind of hold the line, but you got to be honest with yourself. You got to do these roster audits 
You got to be honest with your team. And if you're not sure what to do, the good thing is there's more time left. Like we have a lot of season to go. So if you're, if you're not sure you can wait a little bit, see how it goes, but it might, if you're, if you're 0 and 6, 1 and 5, it might be time to start putting some veterans on the, at least put them on the trade block. Yeah. You got to explore your options for sure. And Seth, I like what you said about the, about the team audit and similarly, and this got me thinking from a, a Twitter post from Scott Connor, who's one of the one of the sharpest guys in the dynasty space. And he was talking about he was referencing a, a tweet or a video for you know veterans that you need to buy now, you know, in, in leagues, right? And he's saying, you know, realistically, who are you getting Cooper Cup or Keenan Allen or Stefan Diggs from in your dynasty leagues? It's probably someone who's winning football games and they're not trying to trade you know, one of their biggest win now assets. So the idea of, you know, going out and buying these veterans really sounds nice until you try and execute it in your league. And you're like, oh, shocker. The guy who has Keenan Allen is competing for a championship. The guy who has Cooper Cup is competing for a championship. These guys aren't going to trade them away. So you need to do a league audit as well on top of that. If you want to be a tanking team, if you want to participate in the tankathon, are you capable of acquiring the capital in 2024 and 2025. You know, if you're, it's kind of like the same thing when you're trying to read the room in a draft lobby. If you have five teams that are tanking and trying to vie for the number one pick and, and are acquiring all these future capital, it's not in your best interest to try and push the chips all the way out if you're truly in the middle of the pack. So you got to think, and the, the same thing goes for veterans. If you're trying to win now, are you capable of doing that? Like on Tyler's squad, right? If he's sitting at four and two with not a very you know talented lineup across the board, win now wise, does it value you to to overpay to get some of these guys? No, you you just you have to be realistic about where your team's at and where your league is at and where you fall into place there. And you know to to wrap this up, you you don't have to do anything necessarily. Like I know all these YouTube channels and and all the tweets and all the articles will always say here's guys you have to buy sell right now but if you know your identity and you are working towards a goal and not trading away win now assets for future capital and not trading away future capital for win now assets is that direction that you want to go in that's perfectly fine so you don't have to necessarily go either way but it's very important that like seth said you audit your team and you understand where you're at and and you actually have a a path forward to where you want to be. Um and I'll say this, sometimes the best trades are the ones that you never make. Yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> Scott Connor and was on a, a, a an episode with Ray GQ where he said basically the opposite of that where he said, you know, if you're afraid to press the button, um I'd rather be known for for something than than not be known for anything. So that's like the two sides yeah, of the coin. Yeah. You have like, well, I'd rather just be known for something. And then like the best trades are the ones that you never make. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just that, you know, that parallel universe that never exists because you didn't make the trade. It's like going, it's like the two, it's like the two paths, right? The, the road less traveled or whatever. Yeah. It's like, like they're the same and, path. It's like, they're the same path, but you, you know, you got to take one of them. You it's know? like the alternate universe where I didn't take Justin Fields as my QB one in, Ooh, the, yeah. in the writer's round table. Hey man, let's, we, we, we could talk about him later. I mean, Julia Barra wrote a great article today that was published today 
kind of talking about Justin Fields, but we'll get into it later, I think. I mean, we the team had a win. Kyler Murray is 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 coming back soon. So that there investment is that investment's paying off, but uh I don't have a starting quarterback this week. So I will be I'm I'm hitting them DMs uh this evening. I'm I gotta get somebody. <laughs> how am I how am I doing in the round table league anyway? Hmm. Am I doing as bad as people thought I was gonna do? I don't think so. I think I'm doing okay. Honestly, like I no, don't think I tanked. I don't think I tanked hard path. enough. You didn't tank hard enough. I don't think I tanked hard enough. The guys is if anybody's out there listening to this in the round table league, I got to you're well, two and four. I don't think I really have any veterans to trade away, though. I mean, this is the kind of talk that you tune in for me just going over my team right now. Two and four in the dining. I was really got Sammy ball game. game out there. I mean, Sam, that's a, that's Sam Laporta. Piece. I went I just went all tight ends. Cole Komet, Luke Musgrave. Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, nailed them, nailed two, it. Two rookies in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's time that we kind of pivot and start talking about some of these rookies. And there's there's so much to to digest in this year's class. It's going to be just as difficult, if, if not more so in 2024. But we're going to take a few of these these rookies six games into the season. We're going to give a stock report on how we how we feel about them and whether we're buying or selling or holding if we want to be wishy-washy, but Tyler Knable, Knable, mm. hey, Tyler Knable. I don't know why I keep feeling compelled to like give you some sort of full name. Every time I say your name, I can't just say Tyler, Tyler. Yeah. How do we feel about Bryce young? Number one, overall pick Carolina Panthers. He's been a little outshined or maybe a lot outshined by CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. So how do we feel through six weeks about Bryce young? I think, well, I think it all comes down to what his price is because I think you, before you played a game this season, Bryce Young's price was higher than, maybe maybe not higher than Richardson, but probably Shroud for sure as a consensus for the community. Number one overall pick, you see him in Alabama, he does all these things. We we know the, the resume of Bryce Young, but now we're six games in and everyone's, oh, I told you, CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson looks great. Also, quick side note on Anthony Richardson, saw the day that he had, He's left three of the four games he's played in with three different injuries. Not great if you're like an injury rushing quarterback kind of enthusiast, like where you're like, I told you so he's going to get hurt. Anyway, I thought that was interesting, like how that it's going to affect his long-term value for Richardson. But Bryce Young, like he's getting dumped on so much right now. I feel like he's a sneaky buy because his value is like, they're losing so many games. They have no weapons. Like Bryce Young's probably in one of the worst offensive situations in football. His, his wide receiver one is Adam Thielen, who like, yeah, Adam Thielen's doing great this year. But if he's on if he's on the Bills, he probably has three catches like each game. You know what I mean? So it's like they're force feeding Adam Thielen because he's the, the only guy who they somewhat trust. So it's great for fantasy, great for Thielen, not so much Bryce Young. But I feel like long term, let's see this guy get – an actual play call around him. Frank Reich doesn't impress me. He had like one good year. It's like, oh, look what he did with Carson Wentz. They didn't do, they didn't make the playoffs. So it's like, like I, that doesn't impress me by any means. Like he had Jonathan Taylor on that team when he rushed for uh, almost 2,000 yards. So whatever. But let's see Bryce Young get maybe a better play caller. Let's see him get some weapons. He's like everyone who loved Miles Sanders, myself included, actually was high on Miles Sanders this offseason. Miles Sanders is dust. It's like it's he's this the Carolina might have the worst offense in football. So get Bryce Young some help. Then we can kind of have a more serious conversation. We saw the same thing with Lawrence too. Like Lawrence was in a terrible situation year one. People were talking about like he had the most interceptions 
like in a row since like Peyton Manning or something like that. So let's see Bryce Young get some talent around him. But I'm bu- I'm buying him if I can get him for like a like a late 2024 first. I'd probably buy Bryce Young. Yeah, man. I mean, there, there's no talent around him. I mean, when Adam Thielen is your primary wide receiver, I mean the Carolina Panthers. They they traded up to get him and they don't they didn't really put much around him other than signing Miles Sanders. I mean they, they trade away DJ Moore in that deal. I know that's not something they wanted to do, but that it's, it turned out that that's what they had to do. And then giving up the pick next year it really feels like like this Carolina team is kind of run by the owner, right? The owner fell in love with Bryce Young and had to have him. And and I I wasn't the biggest Bryce Young fan. I, to be fair, I wasn't the biggest C.J. Stroud fan either. Of this, I wasn't a big fan of this quarterback class. But Bryce Young, the last two games, is kind of showing signs of life. I mean, his completion percentage in every in like not in the first game against Atlanta, but that's that's his first game: sixty six percent, seventy eight percent, sixty one percent, sixty percent. And then he had a quarterback nine week against the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions are playing great football. A lot of people I, wasn't it Stephen A. Smith at the Lions as the number one team or something crazy like that. Um, but I don't know. But so I, I think he's going to be just fine. Like he's never going to be this, you know, get a bunch of rushing yards. I mean, he's going to get the ball out. Qu- the, the nice thing about him is he's going to get the ball out quick and on time. He's not going to hold the ball very long. So I know he's small, but if they can build up that offensive line, if they can put some receivers around him, there might, there's going to be a time this, this off season where I think Bryce Young is going to be a really nice buy. And that's when kind of the shines off all these rookies, kind of like what I, what I was saying at the beginning of the year, I thought I don't, I wouldn't mind having Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I'm just not going to pay a third round pick and a super flex dynasty startup to get them, you know? So I think there's going to be a window of opportunity if you like Bryce Young. And I think he's just fine. I think he's going to be an okay NFL quarterback. He's just going to be like, not everybody's Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he's just going to need some help and it might take a year or two for the Panthers to get him that help, to get him that offensive line and get him a stud wide receiver, which they're already talking about doing, by the way, they're already talking about potentially getting Marquise Hollywood Brown, which would be really nice. I think that would, that would help him out quite a bit. So we'll see. I, I think I'm, I'm just fine on, on Bryce Young, but I think it's a hold and wait situation right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quickly discuss what you said about Hollywood Brown and then get back to the Bryce Young discourse. I've made a call uh, way early in the offseason that Kyler Murray would return to this team. There's a reason for that. Kyler Murray <laughs> requires an alpha at all yeah. times. Um, it, it doesn't matter if they plan on taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Until that moment comes, Marquise Hollywood Brown is going to be a Cardinal and he's going to just blow people's minds in the back half of this season back to Bryce young. This is an interesting discourse in film versus analytics right now, because in the analytics, he doesn't really shine. And you know, there can be a lot of reasons for that. It's it, it can't be easy adjusting to the game of the NFL when you're getting hurried in one and a half seconds that that can't be easy. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks, Justin Fields come into the NFL with, pretty positive peripherals as a college passer and struggle to adjust in year one because of the trouble dealing with the pressure and having to learn to read defenses while also fighting for your life at the same time. That's not easy. But when you break down the film on Bryce Young, and I haven't done any sort of deep dive, but this is mostly Twitter highlights. So, you know, you know, it is the highlights, but 
tight window situations. He is very confident. He has a strong delivery and he's been firing some dots in multiple locations, like inside, outside of the pocket, under pressure, clean pocket. So as much as I wanted to be super right on Bryce Young, kind of fading him, I I've, I think he has a positive long-term trajectory if they can give him weapons, and that's the big if. Like Tyler said, I don't know if this offense or this team has a direction, and Bryce Young may or may not be the guy that can lift a team up from that. Right now, I don't think he can be, but there's a lot of time for that to develop. But when we look at some of his numbers, he's he's number 20 right now of quarterbacks in expected fantasy points per game. So top 20 quarterback and expected like that's, that's a fairly good standing for him at where his value was at the beginning of the season. And you know, he's, he has a lot of danger plays, not a lot of money throws, which isn't very good. Uh, but he's, he's number 15 in the league in true completion percentage. So he's, he's delivering the ball where it needs to be. Um, I, I, I like young. I'm not very in or out. I, am straying towards you know selling if if i'm holding bryce young right now i'm probably not selling but i'm certainly not buying on the other end of it so i guess that's the definition yeah. of a hold seth i think, I think that's fair like carolina is weird too that's another thing it's not the most well-run franchise in the world so anyway that's just something no. to consider Any, going anyone forward. giving miles sanders 11 million dollars and or more touches than chuba hubbard is simply out of their mind yeah yeah no doubt uh, so Seth, we're going to kick it back to you. We'll do a little switcheroo and have you lead off one of your favorite targets this off season, former Oklahoma receiver Marvin Mims has been flashing in small spurts in Denver, but those spurts have been small. So how do we feel about Marvin Mims through six weeks? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to know. Like I, I, I love the prospect. I think he's a fantastic player. If they if these rumors are true that they're interested in trading Jerry Judy away, you would think that that would lead Marvin Mims to see more of the field. But for some God, for God only knows why reason. Brandon Johnson's out snapping him. Lil Jordan Humphrey seeing the field. Like what is like at this point is Sean Payton just trying to tr- troll like get the franchise off of Russell Wilson? Like I don't understand what's happening here because Marvin Mims to me is clearly better than Brandon Johnson and little, little Jordan Humphrey. And you traded up to get him as your first move in the draft was to trade up and get this guy. So what's going on here? Like he showed in, in college, at least to me, he showed that the ability to run multiple routes, get open in zone coverage. He's phenomenal. I, I think Marvin Mims is fantastic. So I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if you just don't know the playbook yet. I have no idea what what's ha- what why Brandon Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey are being used more than him. But if J- Jerry Judy does get traded, like I still think there's this is a big flashing buy sign for Marvin Mims, guys. I think because right now, I mean, what's he like? You could probably get him as as a throw in as in a major deal. Like if you're acquiring, you know, Cooper Cup or Travis Kelsey, yeah, get throw Marvin Mims on top of that and we can call it good or something like that. Like, he's not super expensive. He, he he just probably cost somebody a third round uh rookie pick in a super flex league. So I think he's great. I I he's he should be used. I would imagine like I don't see how he won't be used like in the second half of the season, but I don't know what's going on in Denver. I don't I don't understand the usage there. So I, I don't know if they're trying to tank for Caleb Williams or what's going on here, but 
anyway, but what do you think, Tyler? What's going on with Marvin Mims? I think if they tank for Kelly Williams, he'd they'd be on the same field together again, like they were at Oklahoma. So there you, go. But, there you uh, go. But yeah. I think uh, it's hard. It's hard with Marvin Mims because I feel like that any anyone who has listened to any Dynasty podcast has heard like any like anything about Marvin Mims. So I think it depends who you're playing with because I think people know that Marvin Mims is pretty good. But like, if you're in a casual league, somebody might not know who. Like, I'm in a ton of casual leagues, which is like my friends. They don't listen to dying, like fantasy football podcasts. Like, they have no idea how good like Marvin Mims could be. How good like all his like advanced analytics stats are and stuff. So I think it totally depends on uh, who you're playing with. But like the base level, I'm buying Marvin Mims because for all the reasons you pointed out, he's just like this as a from a prospect level and what we've already seen in the nfl like these long these, these yards per catch I think it was like the highest i think i saw someone on twitter today like his yards per catch in high school was like 20 something his college he had the highest yards per catch the nfl same thing so it's like he the explosiveness is there and i think he's not just a deep threat guy he can run some routes so i'm buying marvin mims but i i don't know what his like value is uh i think it depends on who you're playing with yeah, that's kind of the crux of the situation from from where I see it because the especially with the trade deadline looming, Sean Payton is not a mysterious guy. He's he's someone who's pretty easy to read. And so listen, here's what he's had to say on on the playing time of Marvin Mims today. Quote, "We're faced with the challenge sometimes of trying to find that balance with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims and the guys that we feel like can make plays in space." We've had packages where both he and Judy are on the field at the same time, opposite of one another. Again, that's still a work in progress, but I don't think it's a work in progress specifically towards Marvin as much as it is for us finding packages and touches for him both in the passing game. So let's sift through the coach speak as we at Player Profiler tend to do. How are we going to trade Jerry Judy if Marvin Mims is playing more than him? (laughs) That's what I hear. That's fair. And and essentially, there's no one that Sean Payton hates more right now than Steve Smith because his on-air comments have destroyed Jerry Judy's trade value, apparently. And now everyone's coming in with these sixth, seventh round pick swap trade offers, most likely. And Sean Payton's sitting here going, shit, my hand's really getting forced and we're going to have to cut Judy if we really want to move on from him. And that's what seems like the, the more reality, like the the reality of the situation is Denver is, is very close to, to having no value at all with Judy and they're trying their hardest to get his value up so they can trade him. And, and until that happens, Marvin Mims may not break out. But again, if you're in a, if you're in a competitive league, the Marvin Mims owner is probably knowing this. He's seen obviously the long touchdowns. He understands the situation. He or she understands the situation in Denver and you know they are more, more than likely not selling for the value, but I do think Marvin Mims might be a guy that is worth a little bit more than his current value. So if that owner is enticed to take value plus for Marvin Mims, I think Mims is a guy who we saw that he can do the deep plays. We saw in college, albeit it was college, that he had the ability to work the intermediate sides of the field and and win routes and get get open. And so if he can translate that into the nfl when he gets the opportunity sky's the limit for marvin mims if they truly are set on cleaning house here he could be the wide receiver one next season that's in the realm of possibility 
we'll, the same we'll be, the yeah. same reason we're buying like propping up Jacoby Myers because he has the potential to at one point in time be the number one receiver listed on the Raiders depth chart. It's the same reason you want to get in front of Marvin Mims, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean he does something that no other wide receiver does in this offense. He they're using him as a deep target. Like Sutton doesn't do that. Like really, unless it's a contested catch. Judy's more of work the in, intermediate part of the field. So he's clear to me, he's clearly the most explosive wide receiver they have. I that's just my humble opinion. So uh we anyway, sorry, Matt. We got more players to get to. No, it's cool. We're gonna we're gonna steam through a couple more of these, but we have some questions and comments in the chat. First one from our our lovely producer, Notorious Jay. Where are we at on Michael Wilson? Intrigued at the prospect of him uh, finally getting a chance to play with Kyler. So uh, real quick, where are we at with Michael Wilson right now with this news? His value is soaring right now. It would have to be. I mean, especially considering Arizona is one of these teams that, I mean, they've already talked about potentially trading away Hollywood Brown. I mean, Rondell Moore's there. Sure. Zach Ertz is there. Sure. But man, Michael Wilson, his size and what he can do for that team, especially you know, now with Kyler Murray back, I mean, it's a very, very exciting proposition and it's probably too late to trade for him. Like I would guess if somebody has him, they want to see what he looks like with Kyler Murray, you know, that's very exciting. So obviously if you, if you drafted him, I mean, he was going in, in the fourth round of rookie drafts. So if you drafted him, you have to be over the moon. And by the way, we had Memphis young on here months ago. And that was one of his favorite rookies. It's my most owned rookie is Michael Wilson. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited right now because it was it's a it's a player we were huge we were huge fans of throughout the entire process. And now it looks like he's gonna get an opportunity to really show what he can do. So it's exciting. Tyler, what do you think? Michael Wilson, oh I I loved him. I drafted a ton, even in redraft, I like last round in my uh underdog leagues, I would if I had Kyler. I'm drafting Michael Wilson in the la- my last pick every single time. And I feel great about it, even for redraft. But for Dynasty, like, it's, it's still a guy I love. It's a guy where I'm in some of the leagues I'm in. It's like three just three rounds rookie drafts. So you go in, pick up Michael Wilson off waivers. Like, it's 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 so nice to, like, just, like, you know, like, yeah, it's that guy is like the diamond in the rough. That's what Michael Wilson feels like. It's a diamond in the rough type of player where nobody wanted this guy. You knew the talent was there. The only reason his stock fell in the real NFL draft was because – of injuries and the fact that he played at Stanford. So like the talent, we knew the talent was there and it's just nice that you get to see it on an NFL level. And with Kyler Murray, like because of his size, like Ronda Moore's a running back now, pretty much. He's like a, he's like a glorified Tavon Austin, pretty much. He plays that role. He's Mm -hmm. not, he's not ever going to have nine catches in a game in his life in the NFL. So Michael Wilson is a guy who can, who can command targets. And I only expect him to get better the more, the more he plays in the NFL. So yeah, in, in reality, you only have two more weeks. You got two weeks because Kyler's coming back in three weeks against Atlanta at home. I know he's full go right now, but he's not playing against Baltimore. He's not playing against Cleveland. He'll he'll come back at home against Atlanta. The Cardinals will poop on the Falcons, and Michael Wilson will have his breakout game with uh, – with most of the the, the heavy coverage coming uh, to Marquise Hollywood Brown. So in that game where most of the teams will see his usage with Dobbs and be like, yeah, this is a wind sprint kind of guy. We don't have to worry about him. He's going to 
he's going to tear up the Falcons in three weeks. So the Michael Wilson breakout game is approaching. You have two weeks to get out in front of it. Um, just be prepared. So we're going to quick fire through the, these two rookies real quick. So rapid fire, Seth, how do we feel about Jaden Reed through, through six weeks? Oh, I, Jaden Reed, I've been a big fan of his throughout the process. If you guys were watching the mock draft lives, uh, you know that that was a player I was targeting in a super flex league. I mean, he was right there kind of with Mims in the third round, late second round, somewhere in there. And, and you look at the way that Green Bay's using him. I don't even really think he's been he's being fully unlocked yet because if you look at the snap share it's like 53%, 68%. I mean, he's getting close to that 70% and clearly and we'll talk about Christian Watson later on. I mean, Christian Watson's clearly the guy that they target the most in this offense, but we're going to get to the point where Jaden Reed is I mean, going to have a clear role in this offense. I mean, he's a really really good player, so another another person that I'm buying right now if I can get him. For sure. Where are we at, Tyler? I think Jaden Reed can be like the the slotty Pippen uh, for Christian Watson and <laughs> Green Bay. Slotty Pippen. I like so, that. So like, I like I that a lot. <laughs> we got to clip that, Jay. Slotty Pippen. I, is, is that something you know, that you've heard that? Has that have been – has have someone else had that nickname before? I think, so, it was, I think Cole Beasley had it. Oh, so, so, I, so this thing does sound like something he would call himself. <laughs> I, I, somebody, I've definitely heard that before. I did not make that up, so I don't want. I can't okay. take credit for that. Right. I would like Slotty to. Pippen. That'd be a great. That'd be a great short. <laughs> like we go. It's like who are your top three Slotty Pippins? That's a, uh, yeah, that's a great POV. Yeah, yeah POV. there you go. Like I think it's like a, a good TikTok. We got to get with Jason Alwine. But like it's got Slotty be, Pippen Award. Slotty Pippen. It's, it's got to be somebody that's like. Like a number two in the slot, though, because that's the Pippin thing. It's like Pippin, he was oh. the Pippin to Jordan. So, like, that's why I think Jaden Reed fits the the slotty Pippin, you know, because he's the, okay. the second guy behind Watson. Because, like, Cooper Cup's obviously like the number one slot guy in the NFL, or like he mostly slot guy. And so it's like, you know, he can't be slot because he's Michael Jordan in that offense. Mm -hmm. this is the best rapid fire we've ever had in my opinion yeah <laughs> anyways, that's I'm what going. we do that's what we yeah. do here I, I i interrupt things i drone things on. i was like can we believe like when we talk about slotty pippen for three minutes when we're supposed <laughs> to be doing a rapid fire yeah uh so uh just quick Jaden reed he can be good uh behind i think christian watson i like the volume he can he can kind of like have he was great i think he was underutilized at michigan state i had some big plays but injuries and quarterback play kind of kind of the same uh Bingo. problems that held back to michael wilson uh i he's kind of a hold for me he's kind of like he can be good but i'm not giving up like a like i'm not giving up like an early second for Jaden reed i don't think unless we see a little bit more he had a two touchdown game against atlanta but like other than that has he really had like a really like solid like performance maybe i'm not in too in tune with the Jaden reed stat lines but that's like the only one that really pops out to me is the the atlanta game that he had but yeah like Jaden reed nothing really not like crazy about him not uh, not down on him. So yeah, hold Jaden Reed for me. Yeah, his value could could really swing either way because he he has shown that explosive playmaking ability. He had the two touchdown game. He's gaining a lot. He's earning a lot of red zone targets, which is good. But as we'll talk about later on in the show, that type of usage can prop up what's disguised as a good profile when it's actually a pretty concerning rookie profile. And so when you look at his route participation, his target share, his targets per route run, that is the concerning part of it. And if that doesn't increase throughout this season, 
then I'm going to hit the panic button on Jaden Reed because we've seen receivers like this over and over and over again that can't command targets significantly throughout the season and get propped up by efficiency. And we chase next year. Oh, it was a rookie. He's going to improve. And then they, they fall off the face of the earth because the next season they still earn a 13 to 15% target share. The efficiency goes down and who they are as a player is very apparent. And, and, you know, you have, you have then lost out on all that theoretical value. So Seth Tajay Spears, six weeks. How are we feeling? Oh, Tajay Spears is, I mean, eating into Derrick Henry's usage, which is not something that I thought would happen this quick. So, I mean, if you look just how he's play, how the amount of snaps that he's playing, it's like 50%. You know, that the first thing they showed in the London game was like, yeah, actually this Tajay Spears is playing about as much as Derrick Henry. And, oh, can you believe it? You know, like all this announcer thing. And so the cat's out of the bag now um, that Tajay Spears, and, you know, we all know Derrick Henry's not a spring chicken anymore, but, I still, I still think Derrick Henry can be valuable on a on a fantasy team. I don't know. It's I'd be I'd be trying to get out of Derrick Henry. Obviously, you're not gonna get as much as you once could. But so I think he's a sell. Um, but Tajay Spears is exciting. It's another player. I I I, I swear I, I I'm not trying to do this, but it's another player that we really liked here at Player Profiler, and it's it's a player that we were propping up. So. I feel like we we've done pretty well here. And I think it's really, his usage is really exciting. You have to be ex- excited about it, especially considering that you look at like, he's getting the targets. It's like, I'm looking at the game log right now, four targets, two targets, four targets, four target targets, five target game against Indy. Um, so it's exciting, man. I, I I'm all in on Tajay Spears for sure. Yeah. About you Tyler. Yeah, I like the I like Tajay Spears. I had a TikTok that I dropped on uh, Player Profiler's TikTok page. Go check it out. I'm pretty, it was about Derrick Henry and how you should sell Derrick Henry at all costs and redraft because Tajay Spears, like you said, he's played 50% of the snaps in five of the six games, and he's out-snapped Derrick Henry in two out of the, the five games they played together. Yeah. Not great. Not great for Derrick Henry, but great for Tajay Spears. In, in terms of his long-term value, it does kind of scare me that he doesn't have uh, – in ACL, wasn't that the thing coming out about him at college where yeah. his, his yep. the cartilage is just rubbing together in his knee? The kind of I think I saw it got related to the or compared to the Todd Gurley kind of situation there. Exactly the situation that exactly. He's so he's not more years. So yeah, so not great for Tajay Spears' knee. Like right now, he's an absolute like like electricity factory. But in three years, when he's got no ACL yeah. and he's he's Atlanta Falcons Todd Gurley, it's not. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. And, and again. A, every, Everyone's he's a shooting star. Yeah, he's a he, shooting star. It's yeah, he's a roller coaster. Just, the thing, yeah. the, the thing, the very important thing about that though is we haven't seen a Todd Gurley situation since what 2017. So yeah, six fair. years. This guy has a lot more tread on. Well, I, I, I it was think, 2020 was the co- it was the COVID year. I would assume he got less end. college touches than than Derrick Henry. And I'm looking at Tajay Spears' college game logs. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that. Yeah, for sure. So we don't really know. The The bet is obviously on Spears be having a pretty short lifespan in the NFL. But if you're a win-now team over the next three years, get him. If he can command a backfield for two seasons, which by the looks of it, he can do that. He can at least lead a backfield in touches. He's one of the better buys right now, in my opinion, because this system that Vrabel has created likely isn't going anywhere anytime soon. They have an identity and 
it's it's likely that they're going to stick to that, especially because they don't have any sort of franchise quarterback on the horizon ready to to take them out of this. So they're going to be leaning yep. heavy on the run. He has the number four run block rating in the NFL per player profiler right now. So they're going to keep that. And and this is an electric rusher who is top 10 in true yards per carry, despite seeing eight or more men in the box on nearly 20% of his carries. So that's what we call good. And then in the passing game, he's, he's 14 in total targets and uh, has what? 1.4, number 12 yards per route run. So this is, he's efficient in all categories. Like you said, he's an electricity factory. Uh, you should be getting in on the Tajay Spears party. And if you want to find out how to get in on the Tajay Spears party, you want to see what his dynasty value is, what assets on your team that you could trade to get Tajay Spears. There's a little app we have called the Dynasty Dominator app. And why don't we kick it to the Podfather to find out more about that? Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from player profiler to their dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Their metrics side by side, prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and, to buy the upcoming rookie class every year. You're going to spend $5 on this thing and it's going to be well worth it. I think he was, I think Jaleel in the chat was talking about my mic. If I were to guess, since I ended that little spiel, but, uh, Oh, well, I think it's, uh, you sound crystal clear to me. So, all right. Well, I think, I, I think I we're gotten, okay. I could have gotten a little close. So just chat, let me know if my, my mic sounded weird and, and I'll try and fix it. But, uh, we we are back with the Dynasty Roundtable live on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And while we're while we're here, while we're talking about you know tools and other shows that can help you, let's talk about the Dynasty War Zone. Seth, who who runs the Dynasty War Zone? What's that podcast all about? Oh, it's this guy that we've had on the show. Uh, his name is Memphis Young. If you don't know who Memphis Young is, you should go follow him on Twitter. Dynasty Warzone, I believe it's Thursday, 5 p.m. Uh, Central Time. I apologize if that's incorrect. That's just off the top of my head. Actually, you know what? It, I am correct because I just pulled up the YouTube. Uh, I just so happen to have it open on my computer because I'm the YouTube manager and I should know these things. Uh, but we have, what, like 20-some shows here. So anyway, uh, 5 p.m. Thursday, Central Time. You need to check out the Dynasty Warzone excellent content him and jerry st Clair are very very entertaining and informative so you need to check that out and and just be and just subscribe to the channel while you're at it and click the like button on this video uh because player nobody i can promise you nobody's putting out more content on a daily basis than playerprofiler.com so you should or player profiler youtube so do that right now 
Um, and thank you so much for being here and, and tagging along with us tonight. Absolutely. So before the break, we talked about some rookies that were evaluating their stocks right now. And so we're going to do the same with sophomores. As I mentioned at the top of the show, rookies and sophomores, their value fluctuates at a rate much higher than established veterans because we don't truly know who they are yet. So let's talk about some sophomores. Tyler, we're going to kick it to you first. We're going to talk about a quarterback that many at player profiler, including Seth, the podfather, and myself, were in on at the beginning of the season, but kind of look a little stinky through six weeks. So how do we feel about Kenneth Pickett? Uh, sell at all costs. At all costs, sell Kenny Pickett. I, I'm glad I wasn't on, on that boat because I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, their entire offense might be the least like drafted team I had across my all my portfolios. I did not have any Steelers, very few George Pickens, even fewer Kenny Pickett. I was just not sold. I, I watched the dude play football his first year. There there I now is it all on him? He's probably like 75% of the other 25 Matt Canada like going into this year, what are we doing? Like we knew but Matt Canada had a couple of years to prove himself. It's not like he this is his first year and he's he's getting this in the swing of things now. He would like we we have seen the Matt Canada experience, and it's not been a great ride for any Steelers fans. And ask any Steelers fans, they will tell you Matt Canada is not their guy. He's not. So as long as Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada are together, I'm just not sold. I can't – I don't know – like how does it get better for Kenny Pickett? I don't see a path where he just all of a sudden like lights – like I don't even think – can he even become Jared Goff? And I know he's Jared Goff's playing really good football right now, but I don't see Kenny Pickett ever getting to that like elite – just kind of pocket pass a level. He's not showing us really the rushing upside that we saw in college. I don't know if the fake slides allowed in the NFL, but he's, I haven't seen any, any like tricks like that. Plus like this, now this has nothing to do with, but his swag is so bad. Like <laughs> look at him and he just doesn't look like, like I want my guy to look a certain way. He just looks like he sucks. Like I just got to call it like it is. His swag is horrendous. I know the picture in the, in the preseason of him with like the helmet, the helmet looks like two, small for his face and it's just i it's i hate the swag i can't stand it i i i don't like kenny pickett at all i would he's not i don't have him in any league i never drafted him but um yeah no kenny pickett for me so sell it at all costs i think you said that the most concerning thing for me is where the rushing yards we saw the rushing upside last year which is one of the major reasons i was in on him because i thought this pittsburgh offense you know with george pickens deontay johnson uh, Pat Fryermuth and Pat Fryermuth's been a, a disappointment as well. And Najee Harris, I thought it could be serviceable enough to, you know, get some fantasy points with Kenny Pickett running around. But I, I'm at the I'm at the point now where I, I'm I'm not quite willing to admit defeat, but I'm pr- getting pretty close because the metrics. I mean, it it doesn't look great. I mean, thirty number thirty one in clean pocket percentage completion percentage. Ugh. Uh, I mean. His receivers, I mean, number 29 of the NFL getting open at receiver target separation, but true passer rating number 28 in the NFL, Ugh. number 32 in catchable pass rate. I mean, I don't like I, I think I think you got to hold on and hope that he has a can string a few game, a few good games together. And hopefully he starts running more because that for fantasy, that's again, like I said, that's the most concerning part of it. But it's not I mean, this is pretty close to being dire for Kenny Pickett. Unfortunately, I know the 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 clip went viral when Kenny Pickett audibled uh, to the play for against the Ravens for George Pickens going down the sideline and Matt Canada's up in the booth going, hmm, 
you know, not happy at all about it. So there are definitely some issues there. And I would be shocked if Matt Canada's back next year, but I don't know. I we'll see. I, I don't know if that would ultimately fix things, but very concerning for Kenny Pickett right now to be sure. Yeah. There's, there's always a possibility that the lack of rushing yards has come from trying to protect him, protect his head. He's suffered a couple yeah. of concussions so far in the NFL. And that can be, you know, we've seen quarterbacks have to potentially, you know, try and or players try to change their game to, to protect their head. And it seems that there's, you know, there's a possibility that that is, that is what Kenny Pickett is doing. But at the end of the day, you can't be the guy if you can't succeed in a clean pocket. Thir- 31 in the NFL and in clean pocket completion percentage. That's inexcusable. And what's confusing about it is in deep ball and pressured situations, he performs pretty well. It's the same thing last year. But at the end of the day, he can't sit in the pocket, in a clean pocket, and read the defense and work to a read. And uh, this is the reality of the situation for Kenny Pickett. He, he's not the guy. He's not going to be. He's, you know, bottom of the league in the expected fantasy points per game. This offense is fairly anemic. This is not a situation you want to be bought in with. And e- it felt even at the time that Pittsburgh kind of used the pick as a throwaway pick. Like, let's just, let's take him because his value, you know, this is the the top, you know, QB prospect kind of at, you know, this at the back end of the draft. So let's take our shot on on Kenny Pickett and see what happens. And they're finding out quick. And I don't think this this regime who's going to have some turnover is going to be pro Kenny Pickett. So like Tyler said, sell at all costs. Uh, now let's let's flip gears here and talk about a, a player who at least had a lot of upside last season. Kenny Pickett was still somewhat of a mystery, but Jahan Dotson flashed last season and has been disappearing thus far in 2023. So Seth, what do we, what do we take with Jahan Dotson right now? Yeah, well, he's just, I mean, he's on the field all the time, so that's good. I mean, number one and hundred percent route participation, um, but he's just not getting targeted. I mean, 15%, 15.5% target share. Um, I don't know really what's going on. He's really not catching the ball when it's thrown to him. True catch rate, number 58 in the league, not really getting separation. So I don't really know what's going on because when you watch it, like you look at the metrics and that's fine. The metrics don't really tell the whole story. Like when you watch him play, you're like, like what's going on here? I don't, I don't know. Do, like, do you have some kind of like what Sam Darnold had? Like, like you have some low energy. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's fair or not, but it's, I, it's just kind of, you're just kind of left wanting more, you know, like, I don't, I don't know quite else what to say. I mean, I think you got to hold on because he's very intriguing. I mean, coming off his rookie season, I thought it was, you know, I thought, I, I thought he would I played really halfway decent, really good to really good, but I, I don't know what's going on this year. I wish I had a better answer for it because it really, he, 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 I hope he doesn't fall into the line of the receivers that, you know, their sophomore year, they just fall off a cliff, you know, because that's kind of where he's trending. It's unfortunate, but gosh, I mean, it's it's I don't know. I don't think I'm buying him. That's for sure. I kind of kind of been a wait and see approach. So what do you, what about you, Tyler? Yeah, I'm kind of I'd I'd buy him depending on the price. Like if you could get Jahan Dawson, I think for like a mid to late second, which is honestly if you might be able to get that considering like the season he had to start it's not been great it's been actually quite terrible 
also considering people forget when Terry McLaurin was injured toward the end of the offseason, Jahan Dotson was going in front of Terry McLaurin in drafts. He was going like next yeah. Mike Williams, where I guess, I mean, he's hurt now, but like kind of in that range, like that upper, like that mid tier of wide receiver twos, like that's who people thought Jahan Dotson was going to be. I think uh, I can't remember what podcast it was during the summer is when I was producing, but somebody said they predicted that Jahan Dotson was going to finish with like higher as a higher fantasy receiver than Terry McLaurin. Like that's a, it's a real thought that people were having. And because we saw he was so like the, the like building off his rookie year, people thought he was going to have like kind of like a sophomore breakout because I think the first game he ever played in one handed catch touchdown or like two, he had two touchdowns, something like that. Like he was crazy good. His, his rookie year. So I'm willing to, to buy and kind of, like uh, sell myself kind of on the talent that we saw in that rookie year. I think uh, also too, just the fact this guy is like, we, we kind of look at like some of the quarterbacks that people, have. I think like, I think chemistry actually is like a big deciding factor in the league. Like you look at Allen Robinson, this guy with, with Andy Dalton, he's like a wide receiver one. Justin Fields comes in and he's terrible. Matthew Stafford comes in terrible, but like he had like a special connection with like, like worst quarterback, you know what I mean? It's just so weird. I don't know. Like I feel like Howell's played better than uh, Taylor Heineke ever did. So I don't know. I think maybe very thing better with guys like Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas, and even Terry McLaurin's not even been that good. Like he's been okay, but he hasn't done anything special. So I don't know. Hold on to Dotson. See we can maybe buy him if you can get a good price for him. But I'm still, I still, I'm still holding up for John Dotson. So we have a, a very special friend of the program, Ahan Rungta. You can catch him on our airwaves Wednesdays at 3.30 and Fridays at 3.30 on the PropCast Happy Hour, as well as some other videos and articles with his best bets. He says Minshew jersey goes hard, but he is personally attacked by the Jahan Dotson comment. It says Gibson and Dotson deserve better. So it I, seems I, I agree on Gibson. Free Gibson for crying out loud to agree. I definitely agree on Antonio Gibson. I'm trying to, to quick see Taylor Heineke's deep ball passes attempts. Okay. 31. So Sam Howell is throwing deep more often than Taylor Heineke was, but for some reason he's not targeting Jahan Dotson. And this was the profile I mentioned earlier that feels like a good rookie season that can be improved on because of high efficiency and an unsustainable touchdown rate. But this season, when those deep targets disappear and he has the same lack of yak, albeit that's not really what his game ever was, and he has the same target share last year, 15%, doesn't increase his target commanding, and he has worse production because the deep targets are away and the touchdowns aren't coming, that's scary. That's scary what happens when you pull the touchdowns out from under the rug, pull the big plays out from under the rug of Jahan Dotson, and what you're left with is what we're seeing right now. It's a guy who ranks like somewhere in the 50s in wide receiver fantasy points per game. They're using Curtis Samuel for the short area dynamic touches. They're using Terry McLaurin deep down the field. And they're they're not really using Jahan Dotson. And it's it's not a good look for a team with a quarterback who's been fairly decent. I mean, Sam Howe leads the NFL in money throws per player profiler, believe it or not. So this is an effective quarterback that's out there and he can't get the ball. I think this was that we, we have to accept the reality that this was some sort of weird Tom Savage corollary between Taylor Heineke and Jahan Dotson last year. I don't understand it. I love Jahan Dotson was buying him all off season, but we, we have to accept that there's a potential that he's a flop. And if I'm not in now, 
I'm very hesitant to buy because there has not been a lot of reasons for me to get excited. There hasn't, it's no usage. There's no usage to get excited about. The touchdowns were last year. So it, it, I'm out on Jahan Dotson right now. It hurts to say, uh, Ahan, so sorry to disappoint you there. Sorry to be the, the negative Nancy, but Jahan Dotson, I, I've become more of a pessimist in Dynasty this season because I just keep falling to the same mistakes. And to me, the Jahan Dotson train right now feels like one I would hop on in years past and get burned. And I, I simply can't do that again to myself. Now, somebody who, who we could talk about next who I've never been in on is Damian Pierce. His value was was pretty high this offseason. Big expectations come from him coming off of a rookie season. Tyler, through six weeks, is Damian Pierce real or is he fake? He feels fake. Just because like the the concern for Damian Pierce last year was this offense is going to be bad, so he's going to be bad. But it was kind of like the other way around where like toward the end of the year, like they were giving him a ton of carries. Like he was getting a lot of work. And it just feels like this Houston offense is more around CJ Stroud than it is around Damian Pierce. Like this offense has been better and Damian Pierce has been seemingly worse for fantasy football. So it's kind of this weird dynamic we're in where was, was Damian Pierce just good because they gave him a ton of volume and they sucked? Or is he actually like a good player who can be in a good offense and kind of thrive in that offense as like a, a set option? And right now it doesn't feel like he, he really can. He really hasn't done that much this year. So I'm kind of I, if I can get some for Damian Pierce, I think people still want to like just like live off like the angry runs and kind of last year's production. I'll sell Damian Pierce for sure. Yeah, see, I, I'm <sighs> Damian Pierce is one of those players that I feel like he's a really good football player, kind of like the kind of like the feeling I had about David Montgomery. Um, so I don't really know what's going on. I, I'm a fan of the talent, but the this past week was alarming, and I don't know what happened why you would give Devin Singletary of all people more of a, more of the snaps than, than Damian Pierce. But I mean, you like, I'm getting to the point now where I'm even looking at the metrics and I'm going, okay, two, two, two 2.9 yards per carry. Really? Like number, what is he? Number 62 and true yards per carry. And he was never a breakaway run artist. Um, So it's kind of like, I, I'm getting to the point. He's not really getting targeted. It's hard as, as a Damian Pierce fan. And I was a fan still am a fan of the talent. I'm even getting to the point where it's like, what am I, what do I hang my hat on? You know, because now the usage is gone. So uh, we'll see if this corrects next week, but I'm, I'm very concerned about Damian Pierce because this might be a player I was wrong on for sure. Oh, Seth, I'll tell you how you give a player like Devin Singletary more touches than than Damian Pierce. Because Devin Singletary is better than Damian Pierce. And I have not, this is not the first time I've said this. I wrote an article before the season started on, on dumpster dives. And now, while I was historically wrong about Devin Singletary being a value at the end of drafts, I was right about fading the proposed value and and production from Damian Pierce this season and the Texans are realizing this Singletary's better in pass pro he's a better pass catcher they are built around the pass so they want a guy like Singletary who's a more satellite plus-esque type of back to be in that offense because he can do all three phases of the game at least at a moderate level he's a good pass blocker good pass catcher good runner 
And if he's just as good as a runner as Damian Pierce, and he's a better pass blocker, and he's a better pass catcher, why, why the hell are they going to play Damian Pierce? So this is the beginning of the end of Damian Pierce. Get ready, because I would not be shocked if Devin Singletary outtouched Damian Pierce rest of the season. Truly wouldn't be. And his yeah. Pierce's value never made sense. This is a guy. He is just a guy. He's the definition. And while if he was on a Lions team that just is so good at pounding the rock that that he he showed, then you know, good. I would change my my opinion on him because I've seen what guys like Jamal Williams and David Montgomery can do in some of those run heavy offenses. But that's not the situation he's in. So, mm-hmm. and it's not the situation he's gonna be in for a long time. They're drafting a running back in this draft. It's happening. So, if you can yeah. get out of Damian Pierce right now, I I urge you to sell him as soon as you can. He's he's also the the dreaded day three running back too. I mean, there was always that risk. You knew that going into it. So, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I think you you could be right on that, Mr. Babbage. You 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 as you, uh, you you could could as much as it. I, the words, it's hard for the words to come out of my mouth to say, Matt Babbage must have been right about that. But you mentioned David Montgomery. Like when you look at Montgomery's prospect profile, he was a guy who, not at this high rate, but churned out some breakaway runs. He had the run. It's not called the run for any reason. Like that's that's what he does. He was a guy who finished fairly high in juke grade. He was an efficient pass catcher. Uh, According to your reports, he was a good pass blocker. So he did the things that he needed to do well. And that's why he shines when he gets an opportunity. And Pierce is, he's like, like Ahan said, he's a Chris Carson wannabe. That's a, that's a great, wow. That's why we have Ahan. That's why he makes the big bucks on the Twitter and, and whatever, wherever he goes. Um, We have, oh gosh, we have two more players. Uh, let's just, I, we should just switch to, if you want to get your rant off about Christian Watson, go Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, Why don't I save it for the end? We can, I'll save it for the end. It doesn't even make sense to have a rant because it's been two games back from injury. Well, it's been six games. So that's again, that's how long the season we went over this pre-show and that math is, is not adding up. It's like, so how many games has Kadarius Tony been on an NFL team and active and how many games has he played? All right. We're, we've started it. We can't, we can't stop. I mean, I go ahead. I, tell us, I, tell us what you think about Christian Watson. We're well, dying the, to know. The, the issue was never like, well, dynasty and redraft. I mean, the issue I had was more in redraft to be, to be frank. And dynasty gamers were telling on themselves. If you look at the trade finder and you look at some of these trades, there were no trades hardly at all for Christian Watson. you getting a huge return for Christian Watson. It wasn't happening. Right. And so oh, look now, all oh, the excuses are rolling in. Oh, he's injured. Oh, shocker. Shocker. Christian Watson's injured. Let's see how many more games he's injured for. How many games are you going to be able to use him? Like, how many four just like last year this was this was the this was always the concern the another concern like all these checks jordan love is no good jordan jordan loves no good sorry i mean he's had games jordan love is is struggling to find this deep love connection he's he's struggling with his deep connection to, to christian watson Pause. right it's 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 unfortunate i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's just like there's so many things wrong with this picture that it, there's, there was no way that it could have been justified taking him that high in a, in a dynasty startup 
in a redraft league. There's just uh, who knows. He he could he'd probably throw a couple good games together, but then it, when it when's it going to be all oh, my hamstring? Oh, I, it's been enough injuries so far. Okay. <laughs> okay. Immediate gets hit immediately with a fact and uh, has but, to back oh, off. Oh, that five is more than four. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good. Well, there's last time I checked, there's 17 games in a season, right? 17. Yeah, I 16. mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest Christian Watson fan. All I know is that he hit his over receiving yards for a Monday night tailgate prop bet that we when we bet uh, over on Christian Watson 40 some receiving yards. So I'm a fan, man. Let's go, Christian. I, Watson. Like, I feel like well, I I feel like I'm listening to the Dan Patrick I might, show. Like, I might be back is- in on him when they get a new quarterback next year. Who knows? And maybe if he can show that he can be healthy for more than four or five games or whatever, four games in a row. I hear, I hear Mike Mike Florio is looking for a, a co-host. You two would, would be electric on the air together. Uh, I would love to be a co-host with Mike Florio. That would be fun. <laughs> I'm sure we would have. I, I Are you could serious? Put, I could put a better QB list together than Chris Sims. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Golly. Who would you rather be a co-host with, Mike Florio or uh, Skip Bayless? A potted plant, a literal <laughs> potted plant. Well, Skip Bale, I mean, you just got to pick the other side of the argument. And uh, we all know how that shtick works, right? It's kind of like Matt and I with Christian Watt. No, I did not pick the other side of the argument with Matt Babbage here. This is legitimately how I feel, people, about Christian Watson. And uh, it's well documented. It's well documented. But hey, uh, so far, it's looking like I was, uh, I was pretty right about it. I mean, we can, we can play the receipts game all day long if we really want to, but then we're never going to be able to hear about what Tyler Knabley thinks about the 2024 class. So yeah. we're, we're already way past time today. So Tyler, why don't you help us close out the show by, by giving us your breakdown of the 2024 class and, and how heavily people need to be investing at this point in the season. I'll remember this culture watch. <laughs> uh, I hope you're back. I hope you're back. I hope you're back. All right. Because how, like what evidence do you have? You have nothing, nothing like what? I don't understand this. How do you know? Oh, because green Bay has always drafted quarterbacks. Great logic there. Fine. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see. I hope it is historic. So that, that, that would be very entertaining for the show. Either way, either way I win. It's fine. One of these years, you guys are going to beat green Bay and we can finally get you to relax. I just love that he. It's like it's the Bears shirt and the flag. It's just everything. Like, like you can just tell <laughs> yeah. this is just. It's a, like he's, he's a pair of sunglasses contact. away from being a super fan. I just got to yeah. get the mustache and the. I, I, I the uh, there's a good follow on Twitter, Dave Swirsky. He's the nephew of the super fan, um, and he sings songs about the Bears. Anyway, not a oh cool. All right, he blew me a kiss. Culture watch. Love is him. All right. All right. Love is him. Okay. Pulling the train back into the right. station. All right. Tell you, what, tell you what, Seth, when Love and uh, Watson both flame out, can, there's a lot of great uh, quarterbacks and receivers in this 2024 draft class. And I'm just going to do a quick. The, they're probably both Hall of Famers. I mean, it's clear, right? It's obvious that they're both going to the Hall of Fame. That's I'm just going to do a, a quick overview. I'm not going to go too like, in-depth every every like player in this in this thing. I just think there's – there's a lot of things to point out of what this class has that the 2023 class did not have. And the first thing that stands out is obviously the top end quarterbacks. Obviously everyone knows about Caleb Williams. We know about Drake may, but there's a lot of like other kind of like depth guys 
that people may not be aware of. So obviously it's Williams in May. And then you have Quinn Ewers, who's had a pretty good year at Texas. So it can, it, for the quarterbacks, it just all depends where these guys get drafted. And because you can hype them up all you want. Will Levis was supposed to go number four overall at the Colts on draft day. And he goes into the Titans. So in, until these guys actually get drafted, I don't think we can make like an actual assumption about any of them or like whatever. So you got those three guys, Williams, May, Ewers. You also have uh, Michael Penix, who I want to spend a, a couple seconds on now. Uh, if you don't watch a ton of college football, you might you may have just heard of him. He is the the quarterback for the Washington Huskies. They just beat Oregon. Uh, clip went famous of him uh, freestyling on the sideline about how they were going to come back and beat Oregon. So that's kind of a uh, I don't know what that is on the dog meter, but it's got to be pretty high. Um, he so I'll go th- I'll go through like the the goods first. He was electric at Indiana in 2020. They beat in Indiana. Try and name me if you're in the chat right now. Name an Indiana player who's been drafted in the past three years, like a skill position mm. player. I can can't... we can we can we back it up to eight years? Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard. See those two guys. Like I can't name a receiver. I think Nick, Nick Westbrook Akine was from Indiana. He's I think. been in the league he was for undrafted. a while. Though. He was undrafted. Exactly. So like th- these aren't. He's not doing this with like a lot of talent. But they go in. They beat number eight Penn State. They beat number 23 Michigan State uh, with a team with Kenneth Walker. And then against number three Ohio State as 21-point underdogs, Michael Penix throws for 491 yards and five touchdowns against Ohio State, which is just absolutely insane. The only problem is he didn't play more than six games in any season for Indiana. He had two ACLs in his right knee, two ACL injuries, separate years. And then a dislocated SC joint in his right arm. And he also had an AC joint sprain, which has kept him out a ton over the course of his career. Now, that was all at Indiana. He went to Washington uh, last year in 2022, has not been injured since. But he's currently the Heisman favorite. He's had 300 passing yards in every game he's played this season. He had 301 passing yards and four touchdowns against Oregon last week. So this this guy's doing it against, against everybody. Like Big Ten, Ohio State, Oregon, Pac-12 doesn't matter. This guy is a baller, and he's he's a lefty, so it's kind of fun to. It's like everyone's. I'm sure coming out because he doesn't run a lot. He's not a huge rushing quarterback. He's going to be compared to Tua. It's just going to happen. They're both lefties. They don't run. It's it's whatever. I'm already ready for it. Another problem is is he will be 24 in his first NFL season. So not great from, from that standpoint. But it's. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if the old quarterbacks is kind of like a Hendon Hooker situation where guy uh, bursts onto the scene last year. He's really old and he's electric and like has if Hendon Hooker, now hopefully Michael Penix doesn't tear his ACL in two weeks. That would not be great. But uh, that's what it kind of feels doesn't have the rushing upside that Hendon Hooker has. But that's Michael Penix. I, thought, I just thought it was quick to kind of break down what he's all about. And then obviously the other quarterbacks you have are. JJ McCarthy, Belmix, and Shooter Sanders. So, like all wild cards there. Who knows? So that's the quarterbacks. You guys, anything to mention about the quarterbacks, real quick, before I move on? Um, I I think it's kind of a to me based on like, and I'm really early in the process. It's Caleb Williams, far and away the, the generational. I mean, I know that word gets thrown out a lot, but I know he had a bad game against Notre Dame, but I don't care. He's he's phenomenal. He's going to be fantastic. It's him. It's a tear down to Drake May, and then it's a lot. Of, then it's a lot of, of I don't know. Like I, I I'm not sure about Penix. I, I he's done some nice things. I'm not very 
Quinn Ewers kind of worries me a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see where these guys get drafted. But a lot of time yet left in the college season, a lot of pieces of the puzzle that still need to be fitted in. Um, but I think this class, though, as a whole is going to be really, really good. I'm very excited about this class as a whole. And we, we're going to have a lot of good news. Is we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it. It's very, it's very exciting. So Matt, you, do you have anything to, to say about that? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a good roundup of the quarterbacks. I I'd believe in what Penix has to offer. We're, we're in a medical era where if he can take care of his body, you know, if he's 24, 25 years old into the draft, that's still, you know, eight years of, of potential, you know, prime or near prime production. Uh, and, and that's a lifetime to a court, uh, to a team in terms of a Super Bowl era. You know, we saw the Rams throw it all away, uh, you know, for, for one season. And so you get a window of eight years, essentially with Michael Penix, if he's an NFL talent. So I think firmly right now, Penix is QB three and with the way he's playing, he can challenge Drake may for QB two challenge. I don't know. I'd have to see a lot to move him above May in my rankings, but each and every week he gets closer to that second tier. And I, I, I love Michael Penix Jr. Quinn Ewers is still my QB four, but like Seth said, you know, there are still a lot of concerns that loom there. By the way, I looked this up. I, I cheated. Um, did you know, here's all the Indiana skill players. I know this is what everybody t- tuned in for. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. Remember him? <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, quarterback. Tevin Coleman, we talked about. Corey Latimer from Indiana, right? James Hart. Well, right. that's back in 2008. That's before you yeah, guys were see, born. There's nobody. Um, Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas, tight end. Uh, oh, how could we forget? Yeah. Ian Thomas, how could we he's, not know he's about? still my beating heart. How has Iowa not just pounded this team into the ground every time they played them? <laughs> Because they have like one guy from the NFL every year. Because Iowa exactly. couldn't put up 30 points against a high school defense. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's just cruel, but true. I, I can't. It's an ultimatum here. It's a unique betting opportunity, actually. Like if Iowa faces any team that they can really run the score up on, which is probably no teams. But... Guess the over-under this week for, for Minnesota. What it opened at, I don't know what it's at right now. Hmm, probably like 34 and a half. 32 and a half. See, I know my team. They well, um uh, what's his face is out with a torn ACL. Uh McNamara, Cade McNamara, starting quarterback. So now we got our our the Iowa's quarterback looks like he's a couple cheeseburgers away from playing defensive tackle. I don't know who what his name is even. I think it's like Hill or something, like Duncan Hill or something. It ought to be called Duncan Donuts. Gosh, take take a few laps, man. Gee, many Christmas. Uh, I don't even know. I don't think they had a backup quarterback, to be honest. I think they just pulled some guy, the most athletic defensive tackle they had. There we go. Thanks. 31 and a half. You can always rely on him to correct any of my mistakes. Yeah, we're still taking the under. So we so we like the quarterbacks of 2024, but like these receivers, too, just to get back on gear here. Like, I think the receivers might be like the most exciting thing in terms of what we did not see in the 2023 or 2022 draft class. The 2022 draft class, it's a whole bunch of slotty Pippins. That's all it was. You had JSN, you had Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. uh, The only guy who like Quentin Johnston, who like he had the size to kind of be like that bigger guy, but that he was, he wasn't like a true X. The only like true X. And honestly, he probably got steamed up because he was the only true like X receiver was Jonathan Mingo. And like, 
this basically this draft class is a ton of Jonathan Mingos, but actually good at football is how I would describe it <laughs> because um, you have Marvin Harrison. I, I don't think I need to dive into Marvin. Oh my God. Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Marvin. Stats. Oh my God. We Marvin don't need to Harrison. dive into Marvin Harrison, but like we also have Roma Dunze. I don't know if I hope that's I pronounce his name right, but six, three, two fifteen at he's, uh, from Washington receiver. Absolute balling out right now. He's six touchdowns in five games this season. In the receiving or fourth in receiving in the nation, 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns last season. Stud. We got him. We got uh, Ameke Egbuka. I don't know if I said that right either. 6'1, 206. 1,100 yards and 12 total touchdowns in the same offense as Marvin Harrison last season when Harrison was the best receiver anyone's ever seen in their life. So that feels pretty good too. Then you got Xavier Worthy from Texas, 6'1, 172. Maybe not the, the weight you're looking for, but taller guy can probably move him around a little bit and Malik neighbors six foot 200 leads the country in receiving right now at LSU neighbors neighbors is good (laughs) I like how he spells to n-a-b-e-r-s neighbors yeah I don't know like that and then and then the last one Keon Coleman Florida State I don't know if you saw the catch he had last week six foot four 215 pounds dude's a stud so like we have a ton of guys and like it's I think when you're looking at just the size profile, these guys have a lot more upside than Josh Downs will ever have. Now, I like Josh Downs. He's great, but he can never have the upside that a guy like Keon Coleman at six foot four, two fifteen is ever going to have because it's just he's going to be on the field all the time. He ha- he has the ability, the frame to make catches and plays that Josh Downs just cannot make, or Zay Flowers can just not make. So I think you gotta love the receivers, and then you also have even Troy Franklin. From Oregon, he's kind of uh, burst on the scenes here with Bo Nix. Uh, people are he's six three, one ninety seven. Another like a, that's like a t- uh, prototype right there. So I, I like I think there's a ton of these guys. Like I said, I haven't dove into their their profiles one by one yet, but it's just, I think it's kind of just nice to get the census and see what people uh, which people uh, guys are targeting. So that's the receivers. I'll do the running backs really fast. It's kind of the same thing. With the 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 running backs from last year, a lot of t- a lot of small guy outside of Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. Everyone, I, all everyone talked about was his size. Same thing with like uh, Zach Charbonnet, bigger back, but it wasn't really that good. But no one was really too, that too excited about uh, about Zach Charbonnet. And then you have a, a lot of other smaller guys, Tajay Spears, uh, Deuce Vaughn. I know he wasn't one of the big guys. Who's another guy I'm forgetting? Uh, uh, I don't even know. Kendra Miller, like stuff like that, but. These running backs this year that are coming out, there's some big boys. Some big boys. We got Braylon Allen, six foot two, 245 pounds out of Wisconsin. He had 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns as a true freshman at 17 years old. He had a 1,200 yards at 17, which is insane. The day he plays his first NFL game, he will be 20 years old and like barely 20 years old. So that's kind of just crazy to me. Um, he had the, and also kind of the, the receiving work too. He had the same amount of receptions this year through this year in 2023 that he has the past two years combined. So it's obviously he's, he's working on his pass catching abilities. So that's great for Braylon Allen. Then you got Raheem Rocket Sanders out of Arkansas, six foot two. Now the weight's a little discrepancy. The weight you got to take with a grain of salt on all this stuff because you never really know how much somebody weighs until we get him at the combine. He's I've seen anywhere from 225 to 242, which is a huge discrepancy. They call him Rocket Sanders for a reason. At that size, he runs up between a 4.44 and a 4.52. So somewhere in that range, it's really good numbers for a guy that size. Um, so yeah, Rocket Sanders. Then you have Trayvon Henderson, a guy that people love out of Ohio State, 5'10, 212. 
He's splitting carries with two other seniors on the team, so his counting stats aren't the best. But his yards per carry is 6.7 yards per carry compared to those other two guys are 4.6 and 3.8. So it's obviously it's obvious he's the better running back. Had a really good game against Notre Dame, so I kind of love to see that. And last last guys I'll talk about Bucky Irving from Oregon played in Minnesota, transfers to Oregon because he couldn't beat out uh, Mo uh, Ibrahim because Ibrahim's a beast. Love Mo Ibrahim. But I had 1K rushing yards last season. He's on pace for more this season. Uh, he's 5'10", 195, so not the biggest frame. And then you got Blake Corum, a guy who everyone thought was going to come out last year. Uh, his counting stats are ridiculous. He had 1,400 rushing yards last year, 18 touchdowns. He's 5'8", 215, so not the tallest guy, but he's got some. He's got. He's a, he's a beefy boy. And then uh, we got Donovan Edwards. Now, the, the thing with Donovan Edwards, he also goes to Michigan. Doesn't have the best counting stats, but I think people think he's going to be like the better combine running back. He's 6'1", 210. I think he's more of like a freak than Blake Corum is, like uh, just from a physical standpoint. And then last guy, Will Shipley out of Clemson, pass-catching machine. Clemson just seems to always uh, burst out all these all these PPR guys like ETN. Uh, he's 5'11", 210. So there's just, a, there's just a ton of guys you're excited about right now. And then tight ends got you Davion Sanders and then the GOAT tight end to ever play college football, Brock Bowers. So it's like, yeah. like if you if you just go through like just like the mock draft order, Trayvon Henderson is the two hundred two from the mock, the mock draft that I saw, and Keon Coleman the two hundred one. Like there's some really good value to get some of these guys, and that's not even including Bucky Irving, Corm Edwards, Franklin Shipley, Jatavion Sanders, McCarthy, Nix, or Shadur Sanders. Like it just it just feels like there's so many guys who could break out, and they all have like the size profile that we were looking for last year that we didn't get in this 2024 class. So I, I tried to go through that really fast because I know we're pressed for time, but that's my kind of my just uh, initial breakdown. And I'm excited. I'm excited, man, to really dive into these to these players and, and uh, just, you know, argue about over whether or not Michael Penix is the next like Tua. So that'll be fun. Yeah, like when you look at this class, elite quarterback, Caleb Williams, like if you just make it simple for yourself, Absolute elite wide receiver, Marvin Harrison, elite tight end, Brock Bowers. Like you have three pivotal cornerstone rookies that are like, to me, no doubt about it. Everybody's saying like you watch them on tape, measurables, everything's there. I know Bowers had ankle surgery. I don't think that affects his draft status one bit, in my opinion. So it's I agree with you. Like we're going to have a lot of time to break down these names, but I am I it's it's been a minute since I've been a, this excited about a class. I think this is going to be a really good class. Yeah, agreed. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the running backs, though. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Yeah, the running backs. You know, that's the weak part of this. But, I mean, there's some decent years. names in there. Like, but yeah, I agree. No Bijans. What's going to be no fun Bijans. is when we that's have right. to determine which of these wide receivers is going to bust because this is going to be another <laughs> another draft class with like four or five first round picks at wide receiver and we're just sitting there and going well someone's gonna do it who's it yeah. gonna be and you know right now i have no clue who that is i don't feel like playing that game i just want to enjoy the product that you know i get to see every saturday uh but yeah we're gonna have a lot of time to break these names down and it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible i i i think we as the dynasty roundtable are gonna try and stay on top of some of this college football talk we're not gonna be a full-on debbie podcast but it's important to really know the state of the upcoming draft classes well ahead of time in Dynasty because, I mean, truly the the hardcore Dynasty gamers were chasing 2020, 2024, 2024 first 
as the 2022 draft was eclipsing because, and especially once the 2023 draft was approaching. So this has been a highly sought after class for a couple of years now. So it's going to be interesting to see a, you know, if you haven't gotten in right now on some of these picks, if you're a tanking team, if you're even going to be able to do that, because some of these players are not looking like they're going to slow down their production anytime soon. So we're going to have some ridiculous box score stats put up by some of these guys that we're going to have to sift through. It's going to be an incredible time. Tyler football. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, why don't you close us out with anything you got to plug and uh, in a, maybe a bold prediction if you feel so compelled. Okay. Bold prediction. We'll do that first. Uh, he's boost my guy th- through the entire off season. I victory lapped him week one. It's been a little cold here recently, but Tyler Algier is still very much a thing. He is going to finish stronger. I'm not saying he's going to be like an RB 12, like a top 12 RB or anything the rest of the season, but he's going to have, he's going to finish a lot better than people are kind of looking at him right now. He's getting the red zone work. He's getting the carries. People were were so mad that uh, they drafted Bijan because they had Tyler Algier. Now people want they they want Tyler Algier's head because they think he's so bad. So they got to pick one. It's, it's one or the other. You have to choose. So I like, Tyler Algier for the rest of the season in terms of plugs come hang out Monday night tailgate we are handing out winners not last week but before that we were handing out absolute locks we're gonna get back on track I promise and it's 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 a great time over there I break down all the games that happened the week before it's we're we it's just it's more of a Q&A time too. drop comments we're reacting we're talking about wherever we may talk about uh the Vikings and how they're how they look the rest of the season we might talk about out of slotty pippen we might come up with the, the next the, the 10 best slotty pippins in the entire nfl so come hang out it'll be a fun time and make sure you go check out the tiktoks uh on the uh, profile profiler underscore nfl tiktok account those are uh we have some fun on there too um is it my turn i don't know we didn't really we didn't really have a have a plan there okay. all right well i i just want to alert people that this NFL season is going to be entertaining because, yeah, you have the 49ers. I know they lost. You have the Chiefs, all these great teams, right? But there is a full-fledged race to the bottom about to happen, and it's going to involve multiple teams. It's going to involve the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears have two shots at it um, because the Panthers are 0-6 right now. I don't think the Panthers are going to – I don't think the, the number one pick is going to be the Panthers. Just I think they sh- have show, shown some signs of life. I think Bryce Young's going to get better. Uh, I honestly think the Panthers are a better football team right now than the Bears, but that could just be me being really down on the Bears. Um, so I think, obviously, Broncos, Patriots, there's some other teams might enter these Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So it's going to be fascinating to watch that, not just because I'm a Bears fan and I'm – I don't know how to feel like I, you want your team to win, obviously, but Caleb Williams is out there and I think he's that damn good. I I really do. Um, So it's, that's going to be fascinating. I don't know if there's a bold prediction in there, but I, I don't think it's a lock. The bears get the number one overall pick. I know they got two shots at it, but I think Carolina's better than you think. And you got a bears coaching staff that is fighting for their jobs right now and they want to win football games. So you have teams like the Patriots and the Broncos that are a little bit more secure, like with Belichick and Peyton, I get, I I don't know. I know the rumors are out there about Belichick, but 
I think the one of those two teams might. Um, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. Like the Bears have the best chance, and now I've turned it into a bear show. So there you go. At hour thirty, I, t- I turned it into a bear show. So you're welcome, America. All right. Well, I'll do Seth's plugs for him because uh, he seem he doesn't want any. You eclipse 500 followers, and you said oh, yeah. that's I you said that. that's enough, right? You don't need to plug your Twitter uh, on here. Yeah. Go follow player profilers, YouTube manager, their lead editor, Seth Dewald on Twitter at Seth underscore Dewald. He's ramping up the Twitter production. I've seen the tweets. He's figuring mm-hmm. it out. He's he's becoming more in tune about what content creation on Twitter is. And I, I got to tell you, folks, get in now before the tweets start start coming before yeah. he gets a retweet from Matthew Barry or somebody. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to uh, be a Jordan. It's going to be a Jordan love tweet. Like, uh, you know, the kid it might the, be, it's going to be the kid throwing the ball at the trash can. And then, you know, Jordan love something, something like that, you know, but, anyway, but go follow Seth wherever he goes, uh, except in real life. That would be creepy for me. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Babbage underscore Matt 10. Uh, and you can find my written work weekly third Friday, Friday mornings on playerprofiler.com. Everything you need to know about week X, where I bring you everything you need to know about the, the upcoming week of NFL football. So start with some trends. We work in some DFS knowledge. We, and we, we bring it home with, with an injury report. So weekly on Fridays, you can check that out, uh, on Twitter, you know, at, I know it's the middle of football season, but we're we're getting close to the true prime of sports, and that's around October when we have the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA going all at the same time. There's a short window where the MLB is in that as well, but that's not really my cup of tea. But right now, you can go watch NHL hockey games. It's back. So I implore you, if you've never watched hockey before, if you're not into it, give it a shot. If you want to know what games to watch, let me know. I'm here to plug hockey. This is a fantasy football podcast, and I'm here. I am here to plug hockey. I don't care. Oh, he's going to. I don't I care tell. how many times Seth threatens to I fire me. I couldn't tell if he was okay. He's getting there a jersey. So okay. the Minnesota native Tyler Knebley has a Kirill Kaprizov jersey. He is he's putting it the, on right now. Shining star of the Minnesota Wild, an absolute electric playmaker. There are very few in the NHL that have the the stick handling and shot firepower and shot finesse that Kirill Kaprizov has. He's he's magic every time he touches the ice. But uh, that that's my bold prediction, is that hockey is fun. Hockey is fun to watch. So uh, I implore you to go check that out. Um, I think this is the first time I have ended the show. And so well, now, hold on. We, we got to get, we got to get an Aaron Rodgers update for the people. Oh, Oh, so tell it. Well, we, actually, actually are you on the hot seat? Because Aaron Rodgers is on the field throwing. That's the update. He's, he's Oh, good. Back. All right. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm here to tell, I, I'm here to tell you that I think, I think I might've been wrong. Okay. I, I think maybe this jets team is better than I thought they would be, you know, like without Aaron Rodgers, I said, you know, they're probably not making the playoffs. I still think it's a long shot, but Aaron, Aaron's in a good mood, right? He's, he's, he's watching the team beat the Philadelphia Eagles and he's, he's getting thoughts in his head. He's, he's getting thoughts like, Ooh, yes. Super bowl, right. With this team. And I still don't think it's going to happen. All right. I think, I think, uh, I don't think it's going to matter. He can come back. It's fine. He's still not that good. So, uh, I hope it does. I hope he does come back. I hope he does. I, I I like that he's in good spirits. 
And uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll be back in time for Garrett Wilson, right, for fantasy playoffs. I don't know. Like, maybe that'll happen for some people. Um, so I hope it does. I really do. And, and I hope Aaron Rodgers get well soon, heal up the ankle, do all the rehab, right? Go smoke some drugs, whatever makes you feel better. And uh, hopefully we'll see, uh, we'll see you on the field soon. So rest up, buddy. But still, nobody cares about you. And we'll be here to let everybody know that nobody cares about you. All right? So until next time, Matt, are you pressing the button or me? Until next time, this is the the Dynasty Roundtable podcast, and nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you next time.